Starting a family brings many changes to the lives of parents. One question we hear a lot is when is it a good time to start traveling with your children? On today's Family Vacationer, we get the unique perspective of Jade Broadus. Jade is a travel influencer and her and her husband have already taken their young daughter on over 200 flights and 46 road trips. Episode 60 starts now. Welcome to the Family Vacationer with Rob and Danny. Rob and Danny. The go-to podcast for families on the move. Welcome, friends. I'm Rob. And I'm Danny. And this is episode 60 of the Family Vacationer. We're excited to have you with us today as we look at the tricky question of when to start traveling with your children. Let me go ahead and give you a spoiler alert. The answer to this question is completely unique to each and every family. However, today we're going to investigate the benefits of starting kids traveling at a young age. Before we get to the show, we'd love for you to tell your friends and family about the podcast. Our tribe of traveling families continues to grow. There's always room for more. You can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and on YouTube. I also want to mention we're in the beginning stages of planning a possible trip to celebrate the 100th episode of the show, and we'd love to have you, some of our listeners, come with us. More details will follow, but if you have any ideas on where we should take the show for episode 100, drop me a line at Rob at the family live. Joining us today to talk about this question of when to start traveling with your children is Jade Broadus. Jade is an adventure travel lover, National Geographic published author and photographer, mother and wife who feels most at home while out exploring the world. She is one-third of the blogging trio at Vagabond3.com, a family travel blog that just hit its 11th year. They try to make the most out of every day, living the motto that every day can be an adventure. She shares travel inspiration on Instagram at Vagabond3 and fun family moments in TikTok at Jay Broadus. She's also the vice president of Travel Mindset, an influencer marketing agency that specializes in the travel industry. Jade, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for being on with us. So first of all, let's talk about this contest that started you and your husband on your travel journey. What happened with that? Oh my God, it's it was honestly life-changing and completely unexpected, but it was basically around the time, 2009, when Twitter was really becoming something Mm -hmm. before it kind of died off and then has become something again. (laughs) And brands were utilizing Twitter for all these contests, you know, follow us for this, follow us for that. Mm -hmm. And so this one was, you know, tweet us why you would want to go to Australia. And so we did. And it was with Virgin Australia. And what the whole idea was is they were going to fly us to Sydney from L.A. for 72 hours. We were going to do all of these different things. We had to tweet one time per minute that we were there. So 4,320 tweets. Yeah. A minute? (laughs) Every minute. Oh, my God. So they... wow. It was amazing, though, because they... I mean, I can never go back to Sydney because they planned literally the most amazing experience ever. I mean, we were, like, waking (laughs) up and swimming with sharks, and then a seaplane landed in the bay, and and we, you know, took the seaplane to another bay where a speedboat came out, picked us up off of the plane, and took us to Brock. You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. 
we can never do it ever like that. They ruined yeah. you. They ruined you for any other visit. They That's, seriously oh, wow. did. And so it was used for all the footage was used for promotional videos, in-flight entertainment. So our payment or prize was around the world tickets on Virgin. And wow. yeah. I know. And so it was me, my husband, and then our very best friend, too. So the three of us, that's how Vagabond 3 got its name originally. It was was the three of us. We were kind of like totally three musketeers. Or Mm -hmm. as he said at our wedding, he was the third wheel. (laughs) (laughs) But we love him so much. And yeah, and that's kind of how it got started is that my husband really loved doing video production. I loved writing and our friend Rob was marketing. So he's like, we have to start a blog. We have to do this. You know, he was really into that aspect of it. So we all kind of had our specialties that we brought, brought to it. And yeah, I had a lot of fun. That sounds amazing. Wow. So you and your husband are traveling across the globe and then you have your daughter. So was there a thought of slowing down at all with your travel schedule? Honestly, I was like, how can I pick this up more oh, wow. just to like <laughs> beat the naysayers, right? Yeah, because right. <laughs> I felt like the second I got pregnant, everyone was like, That's almost with like a ha-ha tone of like, your life's going to have to stop now, you know, uh-huh. everything you know is going to be different. And yeah, so I kind of was like, I'm going to prove them wrong. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm right. gonna to take her everywhere with me. Fantastic. Yeah. So why do you think it's important to expose your child to traveling at a young age? And and what are some of the the benefits that you've seen? You know, I think parenting as a whole, like all the parenting books and there's, you know, Instagram and there's all these different memes about sticking to a schedule and, you know, Mm. you have to get that routine in and how kids thrive. And I honestly think it's the exact opposite because my daughter never had a set routine or, or didn't get used to sleeping in the same bed all the time. She can fall asleep anywhere. (laughs) She she tries any, you know, foods. (laughs) And I just think we, you know, adults kind of give kids a bad rap because they think they're not adaptable, but they're actually so adaptable, Mm -hmm. you know, to new things, especially as infants. I mean, yeah. They don't know that they're sleeping in a car on a road trip or if they're sleeping in their bed. So, right. Yeah. So you have any advice for people, you know, parents that do decide to travel with infants, toddlers, younger children? Just start doing it, you know, even if it's just taking day trips, getting out of your comfort zone a little. Like I always say, if you can take your kids to Target, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can take your kids <laughs> on a trip, right? Yeah. I mean, I've taken my daughter on a lot of flights specifically, mm-hmm. especially before she was two. I mean, I just lap child her to death and and took her on any work trip or anywhere I needed to go. And now she flies through security. You know, I mean, she's, it's almost kind of obnoxious because she's like, Hey mom, that guy didn't take off his belt or like (laughs) (laughs) rookie, you know, I, yeah, rookie, like I saw he, he has an iPad. He didn't put it in the other bin or whatever. So she should be the agent. I know she is like a mini TSA agent. She's like cracking down the whip. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, come back, please. Yeah, seriously. But yeah, I would just say to just start, you know, and really give yourself a little bit more credit. Like you've navigated your life. You were able to have a child and you can do this too. Kind of just like. Let the fear out of your way and it'll be worth it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I agree. If you can survive taking kids on the cereal aisle at the supermarket, oh, man. you know, travel's easy compared to that. Yeah, yeah. So. absolutely. Totally. So what have been some of the highlights thus far traveling as a family? I was looking at my notes because I wanted to make sure that I didn't forget any of the the best (laughs) ones. So we were able to go to Germany and we did the fairy tale road trip. So Germany, their tourism board has done an amazing job in like making road trips throughout the country. So, you know, you really get into the nitty gritty of, of just the countryside. And so they have one road trip where we actually started in Copenhagen and then, cause basically there were cheap direct flights from LA (laughs) to Copenhagen Mm -hmm. and there were no direct cheap flights into Germany. So we started in Copenhagen and then road trip down and we were actually able to stay at It's now a hotel, but it was like the tower that the Grimm's brothers used as the inspiration for Rapunzel. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's just like like the key is made of this like really heavy brass, you know, and and Rapunzel comes like at one time a day and like lets her hair down. And, you know, my daughter was three and a half, almost four years old, and she still talks about it now. Like that. Sure. Yeah, it was. And I mean. As a little girl who grew up on Disney movies, I was probably liking it more than her. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, we had a, an entire uh, checked bag full of costumes because my husband is very into like costumes and, and you know, just having fun in general. So he, awesome. he had a Prince Charming costume. It was very oh, fun. That's great. That yeah, great. but that was a great one. And then, you know, we actually kind of go every other year to the St. George Zion National Park area. Mm-hmm. And okay. what I like about it is there's four state parks around the national park. So even if you don't make it into Zion, there's like the most beautiful scenery, you know, the really deep red rocks. And and I just feel like I've taken Augustine now two to three times a year since she's been born. And so it's just one of those places where I've watched her grow up you know, crawling Mm -hmm. over the rocks and then slowly walking (laughs) over them and holding her hand, like fearing death that she'll fall off. And now she can like do it and has so much confidence. So Mm -hmm. that's another spot that just I hold near and dear to my heart. Awesome. So how old was she the first time that you went hiking in that area? She was about four months. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's fantastic. Wow. Yeah, we did her first long road trip when she was six weeks. So we got kind of the A-OK from our doctor and we went, we drove up to the Tahoe area and and we did like a snowshoe hike and I had, you know, all these layers on her. And I remember like taking her out of the carrier and she's like puffed up, you know, basically can't move <laughs> because <laughs> all those layers yeah. are on. And I like put her in the sand and took a, or in the snow and took a picture and I was like, kid, this is going to be a cool life. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so cool. One of the things that I really love about, about what you guys do just from reading your blog is you're so intentional about fun yeah. like on a road trip. And I, I think I mentioned this to you in an email like when we were talking that I'm so dad focused about getting from point A to point B mm-hmm. as quickly as we can. Mm-hmm. But you guys seem to schedule in fun along the way. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think when a trip go or when a day of your trip goes poorly it's because you forgot to have fun 
you know? And so I really do like, I search out parks that we can stop at Mm -hmm. on the road trip or even in a city like, you know, Rapid City surprised me because we were there to see, you know, all of the big monuments and everything and the Badlands, which for little kids might not seem that exciting at first or whatever, but they have so many amazing city parks. And I was just like, shot, you know, like, you might not think to add them to your itinerary, but even just 20 minutes of like swinging or going down a slide, like mm-hmm. totally changes their attitude and they're ready to go again to the next yeah. thing. That's a good point. So we have to talk about this. What are some tips you give families to travel as safely as possible during the era of COVID? Oh, COVID. Yes. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) So, you know, we last summer we did a road trip across the country during COVID and, you know, never got COVID, never got sick. And I think it really opened my eyes up to just how many amazing things there are outside, you know, outdoors. Mm. And now even I feel like in our second year of living with COVID, more destinations, you know, restaurants have now they've turned their parking lot into outdoor dining and, you know, places have, you know, festivals or more outdoor centered. So I think that first I kind of look at the COVID rates in the area, like just naturally how many people are being infected. And luckily with all the vaccination rates going up, I think that will continue to be less of a thing you need to look at. Mm -hmm. But then just how many outdoor activities can you do? You know, like, do you really need to be inside a ton? And if so, if if like a museum is on your bucket list, you know, can you go at maybe the first ticketed time of the day or the last time of the day, maybe not in the times of day where there's just going to be buckets, you know, boatloads of people. I try to go, I would say in general for families, like if your kid's an early riser, use that (laughs) to your benefit, (laughs) get out and go see. I mean, some of my favorite memories are at the very beginning of the day when my husband and I are looking for a cup of coffee and my daughter's wide awake and the lighting's perfect. No one's on the street. You know, you can take gorgeous photos and, and you just feel like you have the place all to yourself. So use that to your advantage during COVID too and really try to just like plan those heavily trafficked things for like the beginning of the day. Yeah. Sure. You know, with COVID, one of the things that I found to be true, it's not it's not only being safe, it's feeling safe. Yeah. You know, and that's that's not always the same thing. You know, sometimes it it may just be something that just makes you feel safe and that's okay. Whatever makes you feel that way is fine. Yeah. And I think, you know, last summer when we were road tripping, we were at one event where there was a lot more people than we had anticipated. And it was outside still, but it was just like, like you said, we just didn't feel totally safe. Mm -hmm. And so I think just saying like having that maybe unspoken pact with your partner, like, Hey, if one of us doesn't feel okay, just being okay, leaving, you know, Mm -hmm. go do something else. And I think that's for family travel in general, like having those backup plans, you know, when something doesn't go right or or something's closed when it said it was open. <laughs> I'm sure you guys have been there. We're like, I researched this. I know this place was open. And yeah. then it, you get there like raring to go and it's closed. You're like, yep. ah. <laughs> so, yeah, just having those. That makes me think of vacation. The movie. Uh, yes. <laughs> the, yep. the moose out front should have told you. Yep. <laughs> I know. Every time I get somewhere and it's like a little too quiet, I'm like, oh, crap. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so does your daughter have a preference between flying or doing a road trip? Flying has become such a, you know, like herding cattle kind of experience mm-hmm. that I don't enjoy it as much as taking a good road trip. Does she have a preference? I think she likes flying because it's faster, you know, like right. we can fly across the country in four hours. Plus, you know, she she get kind of gets car sick, so she doesn't actually watch mm. a tablet or anything in the car. Mm. So we have to come okay. up with a lot of car games, whereas on the plane, she doesn't. So it's like, ah, tablet time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and she really likes that. But yeah, you know, the good thing about road trips, I think, that are growing on her are just those unexpected stops that you, you weren't expecting to find right. and ice cream. Oh, yeah. You know, can't get wrong with ice cream know. for sure. Well, you mentioned tablets, so that's a good segue into this question. Let's talk about gear. I'm sure this is something that's ever evolving as your child's getting older, but can you give us an idea of what you consider to be your travel essentials? Maybe as a, you know, when your daughter was a toddler up until now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think the car seat backpack is like the unsung hero (laughs) of all travel. (laughs) I mean, just being able to have both hands free with the backpack on, you can still like push your roller suitcase and hold a child if you need to. Plus you can put in like extra diapers or we've even shoved in like life vest and stuff before because that's totally fine. And it's free, you know, that you can check it for free. It's probably my number one thing. I'm kind of a less gear person maybe one because we have a checked bag full of costumes but (laughs) (laughs) also because i just think you have the then you don't lose anything you know sure and i you know we've all had the kid that's lost their favorite toy and you feel so personally responsible (laughs) and like no we will find this so (laughs) yeah i mean i think the car seat backpack the tablet now for traveling on the plane we actually have like an external charger that we bring with us it's Mm -hmm. like pretty Mm -hmm. small and just for you know for tablets for the iphones now is that the white charger that's on your your website under travel essentials is that what you oh Yeah. So that's one of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yep. So that's, it's just so small and you can like shove it in, especially now that some of those suitcases that had the charger component are like, you can't have those anymore. Mm -hmm. This is just really nice. And, you know, for a long time, we actually didn't even bring up our own car seat. We just rented it wherever we went. But I had one too many times where they either didn't have a car seat or Mm -hmm. was like really dirty. And this is like pre-COVID where... Normally, I didn't care if she was filthy, but I mean, they were just a little too dirty. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of a touchy subject with moms, especially at least, you know, my wife is an example. Like car seats, a very personal thing. Like you don't want to be using somebody else's bed sheets or car seat. Mm-hmm. That's like two no's. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. and I mean, I think, too, it's like you don't know what's actually happened with that car seat. Right. So right. the safety side of it comes into play too, but right. yeah. You need like a Carfax for the car seat. Yes. So you can see where it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That would be, I'm actually surprised that doesn't exist. Oh, the other thing for gear that I will say is kind of an unconventional thing, but we bring a luggage wear 
Like it, it's very small. Oh, yeah, right, you yeah. wrap it around your suitcase and you just weigh it before you get to the airport because mm-hmm. I just can't be that person that's like shoving different things in different <laughs> suitcases yeah. like at the airport anymore. It, I start just getting anxiety. I'm like, oh my God, everyone's looking at our stuff. Everyone thinks we have our pad, <laughs> yeah. you know. So we bring that and that has been a game changer. <laughs> nice. It's almost like a game show to see if you actually go over oh, yeah. the, the weight for your suitcase. On yeah. our last trip, we bought this is a ridiculous thing, but we bought a bunch of Huckleberry popcorn. All right. We're in Western Montana. When in Montana, you have to have the Huckleberry. Uh-huh. And so it's just, it's not heavy. It's just like super awkward and big, right. you know, like you can't. <laughs> and so we had some of it and we were like kind of over one of our bags and my suitcase that I have with my laptop and everything, it was just kind of stuffed to the brim too. And I'm like, well, what do we do with our popcorn? <laughs> And needless to say, we had to eat it before we went through, which was fine. I mean, it was delicious then, too. Right, right. Someone, I won't name who, Uh did not get a souvenir present. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) You probably weren't planning on eating that much popcorn at one sitting either. So, (laughs) yeah. It's like long time ago, I had a bottle of wine that I was like, I'm going to bring this back with me. And then for whatever reason, the, the gate agent was like, you're, you can't take, you know, we, we can't let you check that. And I'm like, ooh, okay, give me about 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at least half of the bottle was not wasted. At least half. <laughs> Did you make it to the flight is the question. Yeah, really. After Did they let you Luckily, on. Luckily, I only had half of it. So, yes, but I had to stop myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. You know, I mentioned your travel essentials part on your website, but it's the picture you have there. Shows your priorities, reading material, camera, and it, what is that, an underwater camera next to it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So is that a journal there? Yeah. So my daughter right. has gotten into journaling everything, and she's only almost six. So she's not, you know, tons of words are not coming out, but she yeah. draws everything. And then she'll ask us oh, how wow. to spell where we are. And so, yeah, I love just having all the little journals from our trips and just mm-hmm. also seeing how she's grown, right? Like the, her drawings have gotten better and, well, you know, artistically speaking, you can tell what they are a little <laughs> bit more now right, yeah, yeah. Right, right. than before. And yeah, and my husband, it, he, I mean, he is obsessed with any new photography technology. Oh, nice. So, yeah, there's uh, there's this camera that it's a 360 camera and then it has a contraption where you attach the 360 camera to this pole and you can swing the pole around and it'll take, Whoa. you know, like 360 video of you in the middle. And so I have. Wow. I have all this hilarious, like just on my iPhone of <laughs> him and her yeah. jumping in random places, oh, like man. with the 360 camera <laughs> floating around their head. And I. 100% he has never opened those files to edit that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I know that feeling. Yes. I tell you, the, the journals, that's going to be amazing for her later in life. I mean, that sounds like a book just waiting, you know, to be published. Yeah. Just her, I know. From the time where she's just scribbling to the, you know, that, that just sounds amazing to me. It well, does. and it's so interesting what our kids find interesting, right? Yeah. You know, I've given her like a little Polaroid camera before. And that too, just also like their level, right? They're 
four feet shorter than we are. So what is their perspective (laughs) that they're taking photos of? And so, yeah, I just think those little things that, you know, she might not even remember the trip, but being able to look back and see, well, these were the moments that were special to you. That's that's just really cool. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, Rob and I are all about making memories. So that is really awesome. You know, I was looking at your three must visits, and that makes me want to ask you what places are left on your family travel bucket list. So the Galapagos is like number one, and I'm scared that, you know, just with different things that are happening with our climate, Mm -hmm. you know, that some of those Mm -hmm. things that make the Galapagos or like Patagonia, Patagonia has been on my bucket list for years. They just won't be there in the way that they were before. Mm -hmm. So those have definitely moved up higher on on my list just because, you know, I want to see what I feel like I looked at when I was a little kid in in history books. I Mm -hmm. want to see that as close to that as I can. I mean, I just know when I stepped out of the train in Rome and I saw the Colosseum, I blown away. Yeah. I mean, yeah, me too. You know? Yeah. It's just like, I, I'm actually like getting kind of chills right now because I just remember (sighs) standing there and being like, not just one lifetime has happened here. Like, so many lifetimes mm-hmm. have happened here. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I was like 17 years old, but I, I just remember feeling like, wow, mm-hmm. you know, the world is so much bigger than Jacksonville, Florida, where I grew up. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I just, so I want to have those moments. I think those kinds of moments, anywhere that makes you feel small, you know, now I live in Los Angeles and, you know, when we went to Iceland, I just remember thinking like, Again, like, wow, like there's so much space Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) and and I'm the only one that's right here right now. (laughs) That's Um, awesome. Cool feeling. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, my my uh, husband does not like that feeling because when we were in Iceland, I saw all these little, you know, lambs and sheep and everything. And then we went to a kind of a high price restaurant and um, he's eating some of those cute little lambs. Oh, <laughs> cute and tasty. Yeah. I'm uh. like, oh, that is that good? That's like the ones we saw earlier. He's like, <laughs> okay, I'm done. Thank you. You've ruined this. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, no, I, guess I didn't that's what, mean to. <laughs> that's farm to table, right? right? I mean, yeah. they were right on the farm and now they're on your table. Fresh so. as you can get. Hope you're happy, Bob. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's another well, interesting segue into the next question. We we always talk about food here on the Family Vacationer. So what are some of your favorite foods that you've sampled all over the world, both from your perspective and your, your daughter's perspective? Yeah. Well, for my daughter, so there's this one town in Germany when we were doing that road trip where they got those huge pretzels. Mm-hmm. And, mm. you know, it's like larger than her head. <laughs> and I just... <laughs> I don't even know if she'll ever remember this, but I took a picture of her and Bob. They both had when they're like cheersing pretzels. And that was just something where, you know, it's so silly, but you're like, this tastes better because I'm here. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) And it's like a simple pretzel, you know. But yeah, pretzels and beer in Germany was pretty iconic. And then let me look at my notes. I just want to make sure I don't forget any of the good stuff. When we actually, when we were traveling around on our around the world trip we so we love tacos i mean Mm. who doesn't and it was probably like three or four weeks into the trip we had just gotten to beijing and Mm. i was like 
this is going to be really dumb, but like, I just need a taco. Like I need a taco. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it was like homesickness kind of too, you know? Yeah. And so then we made it a point like every, cause of course there was a place that served tacos. They were not like any taco I'd ever had, you know, before they were so good in their own way. And then from then on out, we were like, let's like seek out the local taco. Like what are, you know, what is Japan doing for tacos and what is, you know, even in Iceland, like they used pasta sauce instead of like Ooh. a salsa. So it was an interesting choice. Maybe not one of my favorites, but again, yeah. it was just like that's they're not known for tacos. So it was just funny. Yeah. To have tacos. That sounds there. iffy. I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, if you squint your eyes and, <laughs> and close your ears and you eat it, it's OK. <laughs> and have that half bottle of wine. Yeah. yeah. And that's why we Very kept true. that. Very true. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Trying to think for my daughter eating. I mean, she's a big ice cream person. So we were road tripping through the Canadian Badlands, which I feel like does not get talked about enough. It is incredible. Like you start in Calgary, do a big old loop through the Badlands and then end up uh, right above Glacier and Waterton National Park. And it's like just like Glacier, but so fewer people. Mm. It's just so pretty. In the Badlands, you're like, there's a dinosaur national park where you literally are picking up rocks and they tell you, like, is that a dinosaur bone or is that, you know, is that a rock? Oh, and you wow. can, like, lick it and the different, like, the bone tastes differently than the rock. Okay. Yeah. And I don't remember exactly how the bone tasted, but anyway, we were, like, licking rocks all <laughs> over this park. This is what they told us to do. We, we weren't just right. like, <laughs> they're probably They probably made that up just to see if you do it. Probably. <laughs> Like, going to town. She's licking another one. (laughs) Right. Probably. You didn't hear somebody say, hey, watch this before they told you. I know. Oh, no. I'm I'm like all in when someone tells me that kind of stuff. I'm like, you got it. I will find like T-Rex collarbone or whatever. (laughs) But there on that trip was she was only like one and a half and she'd had ice cream and stuff before, but she was really developing like her love for it and bought there's right. all these little like taster ice creams and i just remember bob's like i didn't know which one she was gonna like so he got all of them but of course they're <laughs> melting like immediately right because they're like <laughs> tiny little tasters so she's eating and they're all he just is like going back and forth like their <laughs> tongues wide open like trying to get a little of all of them that was the start of the ice cream love so that's great so I'm just amazed that you've gotten her to the point, like my, my boys trying to get them to try something new. Oh, yeah. I mean, it takes an act of Congress, but just <laughs> knowing that she's willing to just try, you know, whatever's put in front of her, that's, that's fantastic. Well, yeah. You know, I think what I said one time was like, Hey, how did you know that you liked ice cream or pizza or, you know, whatever? And she's like, what do you mean? I just like them. And I'm like, well, you had to try you know, pizza for the first time. She was mm. like, yeah. <laughs> and so now she, she'll she try everything once. And it's funny because mm. the other day we were eating and I, and I just remember she was like, I'm not going to like that. I'm like, okay, we'll just try it once. And then if you don't like it, like, oh, whatever, don't eat it. And she's like, okay. And then she ate it and you could see, she was like, oh crap, I like this. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was like, hmm, well, I can eat a little bit bit yeah. more I, I, yeah. that'd be okay <laughs> so the reverse of that like what have you tried in various places that you absolutely did not like 
I mean, Vegemite is not. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. What is that exactly? I just know it's horrible. Yeah, I don't know either. And I think it's just like, isn't it really, really salty? Which I I do like salty, but. I've tried to block it out, but I think it is really salty. Yeah. I actually don't like mole sauce. I don't know why. I just, Mm -hmm. I keep trying it and I still have not found one that, you know, I love. But I'm trying to, you know, one thing I will say is she will try everything, but she goes through phases where she wants the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. she'll go through a, I want waffles every single day. Every single day I want waffles. <laughs> you know, three weeks go by. I don't like waffles. What are you talking about? I hate waffles. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, how about pancakes? That oh, was yeah. last month. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, I lo- so right now she's in biscuits. Oh, mm. really loves a, a good biscuit mm-hmm. with sausage, but it has to be on the side. You know, it's like, yeah. so, hey, we travel all the time, but my kid's still picky. <laughs> Is that tough in L.A.? I, I remember being in the Hamptons one time tr- and tried to get a biscuit. You know, I'm a Southern guy, tried to get a biscuit. And they're like, we have bagels. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't want a bagel. I want a biscuit. Totally right. We have bagels. Man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, and okay. I just feel like, I mean, if you're from the South, as we are, mm-hmm. Biscuits are made in a certain way, and they right. need a lot of butter. <laughs> yes, and lard, and if lard. you're of certain, yeah. yeah. If you don't have that, like in L.A., there's a lot of, like, biscuits, but it's like they clearly tried to make them, like, a skinny biscuit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. I want all the butter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what have you eaten that Americans would just go, oh, my gosh, that's disgusting. You know, like, something that Americans would never really eat. I think people don't eat a lot of tongue. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily Oof. love it. But at the same time, if you just convince yourself something is chicken, like, or some kind of meat, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I mean, I grew up eating a lot of gator tail because oh. I grew up in Florida yeah, and yeah. we have a lot of gator. Right. So I don't know. I think I'm kind of the same as Augustine. I'll try anything mm-hmm. once. I might just, you know, I will say the one thing was we were in Beijing again and we had kind of gotten all turned around and lost. And isn't that the start of every great story? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. And, uh, you know, we were on a road that we had, we had no idea where we were and we were just starving. And so we went to this restaurant and they, they, you know, no one spoke English. Of course not. They didn't speak English. And that was <laughs> fine. We were like, whatever. We're so hungry. We just started pointing to things like uh-huh. on the menu. And the lady like looked at me and she lady is giving, I mean, she was maybe 14, you know, and she looks at me and she goes, no, rough, rough. Oh, like, oh, no. oh, okay. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. She's like, oh. you, you will not like that. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so she clear, we clearly had like Americans <laughs> yeah. stamp yes. all yes. over us. We had our picture taken tons of times in Beijing because, you know, I, I have blonde hair and look mm-hmm. different and that was fine but it, it was charging funny. at some yeah point. really yeah it was i know it was funny that she was like no you're not gonna want that so when she made the noise rough rough that i think my face would have just gone white at that point like yeah no thanks like rob was like cool i'm not hungry anymore because he had a bunch <laughs> of dogs <laughs> and i was kind of like what sauce are you putting on it because oh i mean <laughs> i don't know i'm trying to try the local foods <laughs> Oh, I have goodness. a dog too. I love my dog. I don't want yeah, really. to be eaten, but I know that it is a food source and there's lots of dogs. So, 
Yes. So I want to ask you, what are your top five family-friendly resorts that you have visited? Yes. Okay. So my number one is in Maui. It's the Kailiani. It's a Fairmont property. Mm. And the one reason why it's my favorite, especially around any holiday season, is they have tons of activities. So, I mean, you, and they're all included with your stay, right? So the, the property itself is not an all-inclusive, but all the activities are. So like one night there's, you know, ghost crabs that you're hunting for and they give you buckets and flashlights and everything. And then the next morning, you know, you're making lays or you're learning how to do like fruit smoothies. They just had a ton. I mean, seriously, like every day there was four or five activities um, that were age appropriate for like, you know, toddlers up to my husband in a ukulele class. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it was. I mean, it made you not want to leave the property, which Mm. I, I mean, I'm like a... I, or I used to be the person that was like, my lodging is just to sleep, you know, right. like I need right. to explore. I need to be out and about. And I think that's a big change that happened when I had Augustine as I started looking for places that had more than just a great bed, mm-hmm. you know, that, sure. that had more to offer for kids. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how you you start noticing those things, you know, like they have a playground. You're like, oh, wow. OK. You know, like that's an, a unique hotel amenity but stuff like that anything that's just included okay let me look you can't underestimate a good playground i'll never forget the first time we went to disney you know there's everything in the world to do there and my kids are like i just want to play on the the hotel playground okay we could have saved a lot of money Mm -hmm. (laughs) just coming here going to the playground Mm -hmm. well and so one of my other favorite resorts is up in idaho and silver mountain and what they have is base camp at the bottom they have like a resort that has an indoor water park and then that's the down there is the gondola to take you up to go skiing so like in the winter you know for kids yeah, you've been skiing all day or maybe you went on a snowshoe hike or something, but nighttime is kind of tricky. Like you eat and then maybe you watch a movie or something. But here, like if you got off the slopes at four, you could go change into your, you know, into your bathing suit and go on yeah. some water slides or do, you know, nice. a half day of skiing and, and do some. So that was really fun too. And something that I think was just unexpected for us to find. And, you know, honestly, if we hadn't had kids, we probably wouldn't have done the water park mm-hmm. part. We would have just right. like skied more or whatever, but we have some of our greatest memories from kind of just taking that time being a little slower. Okay. Hotel Trundleberg is the one that was in Germany. That was Rapunzel's tower. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think if you have kids who like Disney, that entire road trip is like add it to your bucket list because you know you're stopping in a town that talks all about Hansel and Gretel you're talking you're stopping in one that you know Cinderella and you know it's just there's delights to be found everywhere it's just really cool and for parents you know if you're into history at all or food I mean you're getting all of the best stuff and you might not be in Frankfurt and great right because you're probably gonna have Mm -hmm. a really unique experience Yeah, that sounds amazing. Let's see. So I just deleted the name. (laughs) (laughs) But it's in Tucson. (laughs) Okay. I think it's the JW Marriott in Tucson. It's right on 
so in Tucson, the national park there is split into two parts, the cities in the middle, right. right? And so this is on the west side, which I think the west side of the park is just that has like all the iconic cactus shots that you want. You know, the mm-hmm. desert museum is over there, which is really cool for kids. It's like part zoo, part museum. Um, they have a lot of like hands-on interactive attractions there. And so the, the Marriott is right there and they have like a lazy river pool, you know, so Tucson's crazy. You could be up in Mount Lemon where you need a sweater and, you know, could snow on you and down in the valley, you can be swimming in the lazy river. So mm-hmm. I just right. think that's one spot that, you know, people might not think about Tucson as the most family friendly place. But again, I've gone with Augustine several times by myself, actually, <laughs> where just me and her went. <laughs> and we just had an absolute blast each time. Tucson is an underrated city. I I love every time that I've gone. I agree. There's just so much to do. And even their children's museum, the first time we went, Augustine was like almost two because we went right around her birthday. And, you know, they have an amazing Day of the Dead extravaganza there. So and that's right around her birthday. So we were there for that and just being able to see all the amazing, you know, the parade and everything. And then they have this children's museum that, again, I would never have thought to go. But it's like one of those. It's so interactive. Everything about Mm. it is like you can pretend to work at the grocery store or be a vet or whatever, you know, (laughs) they and they love that. Right. Mm. So that was one. I I don't know. I think Tucson put it on the bucket list. (laughs) (laughs) And then another one that I don't know if I'd call it necessarily a resort, but the under canvases. Have you guys stayed at any of them yet? No. So they are relatively new, maybe in the last five, six years, and they popped up around the country near national parks. So there's one near Zion. We stayed in one this summer near Acadia up in Maine. They have them outside of Glacier, Smoky Mountains, but they're basically like fancy yurts. You know, glamping is all the rage or whatever. But what makes this different is that they have several common spaces at each one and they do food there and they have activities. So like, you know, the one in Zion, they have like a a sunrise yoga, you know, that you can do, which you're like, you know, the mountains are right there. The huge rocks are right there. You're staring at them while you're doing yoga. I'm like more of a, I love food more than exercising in a yoga way normally, (laughs) but this was like converting me to a higher spirituality with yoga. But so they have stuff like that at the one in Acadia, they had all these kids games right on the water. And like I said, they cook, they have amazing chefs at each location. So they have meals there, which I'm sure you guys think like anytime that we're combining activities, probably the better for kids. Like Augustine doesn't really love sitting in a restaurant for too long. So the fact that like, oh, we're driving to the place that we're spending the night. Plus we have dinner here, you know, and we could do breakfast if we wanted. She's all about that, especially if we can be outside. So, so yeah, that's another one that I would just say, like, put on your radar. They have a lot of good deals that you can do. I know that a lot of the locations have closed for the winter because they're just not compatible with being freezing cold in a yurt. Right. (laughs) But get on their, get on their email list because they do send out deals and Bob would probably completely disagree with me because he's usually the one that has to restart the fire in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he always wakes up saying that it was a good sleep. So 
There you go. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into that. That sounds like an interesting experience. Yeah, there's, you know, there's so many of those like unique lodging places popping up. We just stayed outside a glacier in this one that's called Go Roam Beyond. And all of the trailers are like mini tiny houses. Each trailer was handcrafted by the owner. Like he mm. had an idea for a different type of cabin trailer experience and so he actually like worked on his own for like 10 years Mm -hmm. creating the prototype and then they just launched oh wow yeah two outfitters like near glacier and i mean they're just they're beautiful it's just i think for kids it's like they get to meet other kids that are on the property you know Mm -hmm. yeah this one I would say that's like, you know, going back to an earlier question, one awesome benefit of traveling with kids young, especially if they're only children, is that like if they want to play with a kid their age, they have to just be confident and like make a friend at the playground. Right. Or make a friend at the hotel. And Augustine has done that. And I mean, now I'm seeing it where took it to Girl Scouts and I was like, just going to kind of stand off to the side or whatever. But I noticed that she was the kid that was like going up to the other kids, having never met them, introducing Mm -hmm. herself, you know, raising her hand first. And I was like, you know, having a like proud mom moment where I'm like, (laughs) I think this goes back to traveling and just, you know, her, her having to be confident in order to have those kind of, you know, friendships and experiences. Sure. Well, I've I've read several studies that say, you know, kids that travel, they're used to they're exposed to people of different backgrounds. And so they're not as intimidated when they come up with somebody who's different looking or acting or sounding than they are. They're more comfortable just starting a conversation. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think what's interesting, too, is that because they've been exposed to, you know, people that don't look exactly like them or, you know, churches or, or different religious sites that are not exactly like the ones they go to or whatever, it makes things less about being different and more about being, oh, that's that's unique, right? You right. know? Yeah, and I think sure. it's obviously celebrate your differences, but when it becomes a positive thing and not a negative thing, yeah. then mm-hmm. we've done a good job, right, as parents. That's right. That's right. Well, finally, where can our listeners learn more about your family and follow your journey? I know Vagabond3.com is one way. What are all the ways that we can follow you? Yeah, so that's our blog that has... I mean, you can do a deep dive into that because we, we've been blogging there for almost 11 years. On Instagram, you can find me at Vagabond3. And on TikTok, it's just my name, Jade Broadus. I kind of jumped <laughs> into TikTok as a, I don't know. That, t- that terrifies me. It's, <laughs> TikTok terrifies me. I'm not even going to lie I just about got it. on there, too, as the language tutor for my YouTube channel. So it's an interesting world. <laughs> it really is. You know, I think... I actually am really enjoying it because anyone, it's just so smart. Like the algorithm for the For You page is just completely different than any other social media site. Mm -hmm. And I think because of that, you're introduced to topics that you might not have ever thought about. Like, you know, (laughs) like people who yarn cat sweaters is like a big thing. You know, or people that travel with their kids, you know, is another thing. And so 
I think it's interesting because I'm not just seeing the same faces that I always see like on Instagram, you know, and I feel like now with Instagram, it's like, unless I go out of my way to comment on, you know, multiple posts from some person, like I never see their stuff. And so I don't feel like it's like that yet on TikTok. We'll see how, you know, (laughs) once it wants to make money, it changes. But yeah, I'm having fun. I mean, I post just the most silly, I mean, the silliest photo or videos of Bob and Augustine just doing ridiculous things. That's, Mm -hmm. that's all I do there. So (laughs) that's awesome. Well, Jade, thank you so much for being on the show with us. We so appreciate your time. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys so much. And hopefully this is not a nightmare to edit. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be yeah, great. Like, kind of ramble all over the place. Bob was like, my biggest tip, don't ramble because it makes That's... it impossible to edit. I was like, no, okay. we love the rambling. Yeah, we yeah. love it because we do it. Yes, we do. <laughs> Good. This, no, is this is awesome. awesome. Thank you, Jade. We appreciate you. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I had so much fun. Thank you. Thank you so much. Lots of great information there. Again, the answer of when to travel with your children, there's really no one size fits all and it's unique to each family. I do think any opportunity to create positive memories with your children is worth it. They may not remember the specifics of a trip at a young age, but I really do believe they remember the feelings that come with them. Thanks again, Jade, for being on the show with us. Well, that does it for this week's show. Join us next week as we talk again with Mandy and Garrett Oler from Connected Family Travel to talk about taking 101 kid parent trips. Till next time. Thank you for listening to the Family Vacationer. Make sure and subscribe to hear more of Rob and Danny.